0: You are listening to the Super Mom is Getting Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 42. All links and show notes can be found by going to LifeCoachingforParents.com/slash 42. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired Podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, hello, super moms! We are rocking and rolling out here in the Bay Area. We had an earthquake last night. It was so exciting. My daughter's first one that she actually felt. <laughs> She's always like missing it. She felt like so. It was very fun. I grew up here, so they're not that novel, not a anything to get worried about. But it's always this reminder that. You know, we are vulnerable. And at any moment, life can change. And we are not quite as in charge as we think we are. And I hope that you are living a life that is your best life So that just in case your number comes up earlier than expected, that you feel like you have no regrets and that you're doing everything you were meant to do and everything that you want to do in your life. So that's my little earthquake message coming to you live. I think the epicenter was like under our house. We were right smack on top of it. So we felt it more. It wasn't that big of an earthquake, but we felt it more than other people. So today's question comes, (laughs) I have this uh, Facebook group, the Supermoms Getting Tired Facebook group. And when people join, I ask them, what's your Supermom kryptonite? Like what drains your energy? And this is probably the most common response that I hear. Constantly nagging and repeating myself. Danielle writes, I feel like I'm constantly nagging my kids to do things. Hang up your jacket, put your clothes in the hamper, clear your plate, turn off the Xbox and do your homework. It's like I only have two channels, the nagging, frustrated, annoying mom channel and the leave me alone. I just can't deal anymore channel. I'm so tired of repeating myself, but it's the only way to get them to do anything. I'm certain there's a third channel and it feels like everyone else has found it except for me. How can I get them to this magical place where they do what they are told without constantly nagging and repeating myself? Well, this is an excellent question and one a lot of moms are wondering too. What is this third channel and how do I find it? Well, I'm sorry to say that there is no magical place, but you are certainly not alone. But there is this, a third channel. There is a way to not have to be stuck in these two places of exasperation, and I just can't deal, and this constantly nagging and reminding. So why do so many moms hate repeating themselves? There is nothing inherently wrong with this act, right? We might say, I love you every day. We might say it five times a day. That doesn't bother us. We repeat ourselves when we say, excuse me, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, hey, what's up? The reason it bothers us to repeat ourselves is because of the energy that we're rooted in when we do it. It's this exhausted, exacerbated, like frustrated, annoyed. Ugh, it's the emotion behind it that bothers us. That nagging, reminding energy that makes us not like ourselves. Our kids don't want to be around us when we're acting this way, but you know what? Neither do we. When we nag, repeat, and remind, it's coming from a place of defeat. It's as if we have already lost. The kids didn't do their homework like they were supposed to. So we're just like rooted in failure. (laughs) They failed, which means I failed. So we repeat ourselves from this defeated place. Just stop going, goofing off. Go to your homework. Like, quit talking. It's time to focus. Get it done. You're running out of time. When you communicate from this energy, Like everybody feels like a loser. (laughs) You know, your kids feel like they've already lost. I want you guys to notice that. It's like we're kind of imagining they're not going to listen to us. We're imagining that they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is like they've kind of already failed, which means we've failed because we just want to get it done. Sometimes, We're jumping the gun and we're assuming ahead of time that they're going to fail. So it's not that like they're kind of already delaying and not doing it and they're already kind of avoiding it and we're already defeated. But sometimes we're assuming defeat. Don't forget to feed the dog. Remember to brush your teeth before bed. You've got a big test tomorrow. You better take your book out. These future reminders presume they won't do it, that you don't trust them. When we communicate this way, we're subconsciously sending the message that your kids need you. (laughs) Like they can't do it on their own. And we don't want kids to think that they can't do it on their own. But when we presume they're not going to, in the way that we communicate, it reinforces this idea that you need me to remind you to do it or it won't get done. So kids like to feel capable and competent. And so what happens when we do this, when we get stuck in this pattern of anticipating the future of them not doing it, or perceiving them as not doing it right now in the moment, what happens is these kids, they want to feel capable and competent. They will either, A, believe us and not do things until we remind them, Or B, reject us, ignore us, and rebel against us. Like, well, my mom wants me to do my homework, so I won't because I don't want to give her this victory of thinking that she's going to (laughs) win. Does that make sense? (laughs) So they either like, just don't do anything until we remind them or purposefully reject us and rebel against us and do the opposite. So nagging actually teaches kids not to listen. So this third channel that Daniel's looking for is the calm, confident channel. And it starts with believing your child will listen the first time. Now, how do you believe they're going to listen if you have so much evidence and experience to prove that they won't? Well, that's why they call it trust. I have to trust. I have to have faith that they're going to listen. And then we follow that up with an action, okay? So the moms that participated in my Confident Kid Challenge were also very much stuck in the nagging to get anything done cycle. So I'm going to read you some examples of how they pulled themselves out. Sarah wrote, after this week of doing all these little different exercises, she shared her victory. So Sarah says, Yesterday, my daughter was reading a book and never heard me say about a dozen times that it was time to leave for piano lessons. So she got left at home. It took her 30 minutes to realize we'd left. She was a hot mess of emotion. And why did you tell me you could have shaken me to get my attention? I wasn't emotional about it other than to express sincere empathy that it wasn't fun leaving her and that we missed having her there. Today, she's come each and every time it's been time to go somewhere. So through this one little example, Sarah taught her daughter that when I say it's time to go, it's your responsibility to either listen or tune me out. Now, some kids might purposefully tune out because they don't want to go to piano lessons. Like, this is a great way for Sarah to learn that her daughter actually really wants to go and she values that. Because I can imagine another kid is ignoring it for specifically for their reason. You know, they don't want to go. And so, what a great thing to learn, right? That she does want to go. And now she's taken it on as her responsibility. To listen, maybe she'll set an alarm on her own phone and say, like, okay, I can read for 20 minutes, but then we got to get in the car. But she'll start to do that now that her mom has communicated to her that it is her responsibility. Okay. So it's having a belief that your daughter will follow directions or there's a consequence to pay, right? Like either you get in the car when I say it's time to get in the car or We go home without you. Now, I know some of you can't just leave without because you got littles in the house. So clearly, Danielle's daughter's old enough for she can do that. But sometimes we get trapped with our beliefs, thinking we can't do that. And we just forget that we have these options. Okay, so let me share another example. John 2 writes, my kids were making a huge mess in the living room. And we're told if they made a mess, they would have to clean it up themselves, including vacuuming. Well, they continued to make a mess afterward, they threw a fit and cried about having to clean it up. I wanted to take the vacuum from them and clean it up faster and easier as it would have been. But instead, I let them struggle through it. It took them about three times as long as it should, but they did it. I also discovered that my kids can vacuum. Who knew? So here's John 2 learning what her kids are capable of doing on their own if she just lets them struggle and delegates to them, but got it through a natural consequence, right? It was totally appropriate. They were making a mess. She warned them, okay, if you make a mess, then you're gonna have to clean it up. She's teaching her kids to listen to her words because she backs it up with, you know, the meaning. like she she's clearly, she means it. They took them three times longer, but you know what? They got a victory. They now feel capable of vacuuming the living room. So next time they might decide to make a mess again next time, but then they get to clean it up. And so they know that mom means business if they say it, or maybe they'll hear her reminder and be like, oh yeah, that kind of stunk. I didn't like vacuuming. So I'm going to stop making a mess, (laughs) or I'll walk away and let my brother do it, and my brother can clean it up by himself, right? So really letting our kids make decisions that is right for them so they can kind of have choice and personal sovereignty, as well as building capabilities. So how do you get out of the cycle of nagging and reminding your kids? Well, if you notice these two examples, they both had these things in common, Number one, you allow your children to experience negative emotions. Both Sarah and John too said they had to deal with tears, hot mess, and fits of emotion. <laughs> we sometimes we get into trouble because we think that our kids experiencing negative emotions makes us a bad mom. And that we have to prevent them from that, but really what we want our kids to have is a full range of the human emotions and to be able to experience disappointment and struggle and frustration. And this is what makes us feel fully alive and human. So it's super important. Okay. So number one, allow them to experience negative emotions. Number two, follow through on natural consequences. Neither of these moms like made up some arbitrary consequence. Like, if you make a mess in the front room, then you know you're not going to be able to go to a sleepover this weekend. like that wouldn't really relate. Or if you don't come when I say it's time to come, then you don't get to watch TV. like those kind of aren't really natural consequences. They both tied the consequence to the actual circumstance so kids can learn that when I do things, there's a natural consequence because that's something that they can take with them into their adult life, right? Because you're not going to be around when they're, you know, in college saying like, you know, if you drink too much beer, (laughs) then, you know, I'm going to take away your video games. (laughs) It's like, no, if you drink too much beer, you're going to feel sick the next day. You know, you might have to go to the hospital. You might dehydrate. I don't know. But They might do something stupid and embarrassing, but there's always natural consequences. And so the more we can have those show up, then it's more something that kids learn for the rest of their lives, that there's a natural consequence to not paying your taxes, you know, and it's not arbitrary and some adult external figure comes out of the blue and creates something that doesn't relate. Okay. So number one, experience negative emotions, allowing your kids to do so. Number two, following through on natural consequences. Number three, allow them to struggle. Now, this is super hard, mommies, and I totally get it. It's so hard to watch your kids struggle, especially when it's so easy for you. Because you can imagine that Jean-Chu could have done finished the vacuuming in like five seconds flat, <laughs> had it put away all nice and neat, and instead she watched them struggle. You know, Sarah, it sounds like she didn't have to watch the struggle because the struggle happened while she was gone but knowing that your kid is struggling is just hard but it's so good for them to like let them figure things out on their own you know i used to <laughs> so i taught at preschool and we wanted the kids to learn how to clean up after themselves and open their own juice boxes and open their own, like cheese sticks are ridiculously hard to open, right? And it was so hard for the moms who are volunteering in the class to not just jump in. And we had to kept keep reminding them of like, we want the kids to throw away their own garbage, to learn how to put their stuff away. And all these moms are just so eager to help. So I get it. It's hard to watch the kids struggle, but it's so good for them too. Number four is to let the kids make their own decisions. So These four things, what these two moms did, this is how you get out of the nagging, repeating, reminding cycle, is you let them experience negative emotions, you follow through on natural consequences, you allow them to struggle, and they, they make their own decisions. So the third channel that you're looking for is coming from a calm, clear, confident energy. So think about it like this. Popular career advice is to make yourself indispensable to your employer, right? You want to work so that your company depends on your skills, your talents, expertise that they can't do without you. That's just kind of a good rule of thumb when you're going to get a job is you try to make yourself indispensable. With parenting, our job is the opposite. We need to make ourselves dispensable, non-essential. One step at a time, we reduce our role in our child's life. I think a lot of us take this like rule of thumb for career and we put it into parenting. It's like we make ourselves indispensable as a mom. And we really want to be careful with that because that's when you feel, you know, <laughs> super mom is getting tired, right? You feel stuck and you feel overwhelmed and exhausted. Today's life coaching answer, what gets in our way of doing these four things for the benefit of our kids? um, We don't want to feel uncomfortable. Watching your child struggle is hard. It's hard to watch them be disappointed, be sad, be mad at themselves, feel regret. But somehow we got this mixed message in our culture that doing everything right is more important than raising independent adults. We want our kids to become more responsible without us having to do the hard work of watching them suffer and struggle. So letting go of control is hard for many of us super moms. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. And it's really all about your thoughts. Like If you're watching your kids struggle with something, you say to yourself, this is so good for them. I'm such a good mom by letting them open their own cheese stick wrapper, vacuum up their own mess. You know, like I'm such a good mom for letting them experience their natural consequences rather than, oh no, my child's struggling. I must rescue them. This is bad. I have to save them from this negative emotion. I love the warm fuzzies as much as anybody. For sure, hands down. I would be so happy if the whole world could live in blissful harmony with my house as the epicenter. But when I see the research about how detrimental it is to the psychological well-being of our kids to coddle them and to try to prevent them from having negative experiences, well, it motivates me. It's hard to feel happy while watching your kids experience the negative consequences of their actions or inactions But you can feel proud of yourself. We're proud when we do things that are hard to do. (laughs) You can also feel compassionate and purposeful. And these emotions can keep you in your calm, confident energy. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is empathy dials. All right, (laughs) we're going to try something here. If you're not driving your car, I want you to close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to imagine that there are two dials in front of you. Now, both dials are labeled 1 to 10, 10 being the max, 1 being the minimum. The first dial has the word me on it. I want you to imagine this dial is labeled me. And notice what number the dial is pointed to. You got it? Now I want you to picture another dial. This dial has the word others on it. What number would you say your other dial is pointed to? If your me dial is turned way up and your other dial is turned way down, you might struggle to put yourself in other people's shoes. It'll be hard for you to feel compassion and understanding for your kids and what they might be experiencing because all you can hear is your own voice, your own emotions inside your head because your me dial is turned up pretty high. You might find yourself frequently irritated or annoyed by your kids or others, Um they might say that you're mean and you don't understand them and they might try to avoid you or they wouldn't. They don't like talk to you about things that are personal to them. If this is the case, if this is ringing a bell, I want you just inside your imagination to imagine turning this me dial down and see how low you can get it to go. We don't want it to be lower than a three. <laughs> so we don't want it to go all the way down. But just see if it's up at an eight. Let's see if you can turn it down to maybe a five. And then you want to inside your mind's eye, look at this others dial, and turn it up a little bit. This will help you put yourself in your kids shoes, have compassionate understanding, and just help you kind of balance this out. It's this weird kind of invisible thing that really seems to help without really me understanding why it helps okay but here's the majority of the moms that i work with majority of the moms i work with picture their other dial is turned way high and their me dial is turned way down low So if you notice that your meet me dial is at a three or four, and your other dial is way up to an eight, nine, or 10, well, this is what we call over, I call over empathy. I don't know if that's a word. I just made it up. And what's going to happen is you're going to leave feeling exhausted. Like if you're going through your life paying so much attention to other people and Caring what they think, what they're doing, what their opinion is of you, worrying about how they feel about you, if they're okay, you know, when your other dial is turned up too high, it's gonna be hard for you to hold your kids accountable and allow them to experience negative emotions because your me dial is turned down so low that if they're upset, you're upset. If they're disappointed, you're disappointed. And so it's hard to separate out their emotions from your emotions. If your other dial is too high and your me dial is too low, you might feel lost. I don't know who I am. I've lost myself in motherhood. Uh, You might be overwhelmed and feeling like a whole lot of responsibilities on your shoulder because you're taking on the responsibility for making other people happy, which is not possible. They, they get to determine if they make themselves happy or not. That's not your job. And so when we think it is, we feel a heavy burden. You might hear people tell you that you're too nice and that you should let go more often and not care so much. If I ask you how you're doing and you tell me how your kids are doing, that's a sign that your me dial is too low and your other dial is too high. So, if you think that you struggle a little bit with over empathy and caring too much about what your kids think, feel, and see and do, and you need them to be happy and obey you and be, you know, successful so that you can feel good, then your dials might be out of whack. So, in your mind's eye, keep your eyes closed and you're going to picture that of those original numbers. And you're gonna try to see how high you can get your me dial to go up and how low you can turn down the other dial. Okay? Life is about balance, and you've gotta balance out consideration for yourself with consideration for others. So, today's Supermom power boost is that invisible problems require invisible solutions. So just because we cannot see something does not mean that the problem isn't real. When a kid sees monsters under the bed, what we do to help her feel safe is we give her this monster go away spray, which is just water, right? But she keeps it in a spray bottle near her bed. You spray the monsters. You help them go away. You give it to her so she can make them go away. You tell her to picture herself in a bright, beautiful bubble, it keeps her safe and she's got, you know, beautiful golden light shining through it. Like invisible problems require invisible solutions. So this over empathy is an invisible problem. It's empathy is your ability to understand and share the feelings of others. You can't see how much empathy a mom has for the kids, but you sure can see the consequences of it. Fatigue. Fatigue overwhelm, a decrease in life satisfaction, I shouldn't even say you can see that. Those are kind of invisible too. But boy, can you feel it, right? So moms who have their other dial up too high struggle to parent with calm confidence and follow through on natural consequences. One of the things I work on with my clients is this process of turning the me dial up and the other dial down so that, one, you reconnect with your own dreams and desires, but two, so that you can feel something separate from your kids. If your medial is turned up high and your kids start going through the adolescent hormones and the roller coaster ride of mood swings of adolescent, then you're gonna be dragged right through the mud with them. And you can hear these mobs, like they'll talk, like, oh. Well, work's going okay, but man, high school's really a bear. Like, it's so exhausting. And the girl drama in middle school, whew, I can't handle it, (laughs) you know? And they're like, wait, you're not in middle school. Why is it? why are you experiencing the girl drama? Like you're not in high school and stressing out about classes in college. That's not your college application. And so you can hear these mobs and use the we, you know, like, oh, we're doing club volleyball this year. And my gosh, it's so intense. And like, we? (laughs) So we just got to watch out for this over empathizing. I think it makes us feel like a good parent, but the results are that our Kids, you know, well, they're we suffer from that with like kind of a loss of our own passions and dreams and desires and what we want out of our lives. It costs us to feel like the ability to feel fully alive in our life and to have like aspirations higher than just being a responsible caretaker. But it's also, I think, a burden on our kids because then they're responsible for our happiness and how they do in their. In their school, in their college search, in their sports, in their music, whatever, how they do. Is like they have the ability to make us feel happy and satisfied. And it's up to them to make our lives fulfilling. Like that's too much of a burden to put on them, right? We want them to make mistakes. We want them to try things, experiment, quit stuff. Like this is the years to figure out who you are and what makes you come to life. And if they feel like they're responsible for us being happy and satisfied, then they might just shut down that part of themselves that knows what they really love and because they might not feel permission to like, explore it because then we they might disappoint us. And so we just want to be careful about this. And so the power boost for today is that invisible problems require invisible solutions, turning dials up and down, Picturing a bubble around yourself and your kids are on the other side of the bubble and you get to decide how you feel inside your bubble and they can feel how they want to feel inside their bubble. (laughs) There's all these little tricks and things that you can do because it's all energy and it's invisible. We can't see it, but there's ways in which we can feel so much better just by releasing some of this invisible stuff that's like... I know, heavy and a little toxic, and bringing in some light and some openness and just and using your imagination to create what you want. And I think as we grow older, we kind of forget how powerful our imaginations can be and sometimes we use them to like imagine bad things happening or things going wrong or you know what people will think about us if we don't do it right instead of using our imagination to picture what we really want to picture ourselves feeling like alive in our life, to imagine that our kids will listen to us if we follow through, to imagine that our kids want to build capacity and competency and that we can do that. If we use our imagination to picture it, we're going to make it come true. Imaginations are super powerful. So invisible problems require invisible solutions today's quote of the day is by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. It is as soon as you trust yourself you will know how to live. And if you think I did a good job of pronouncing Goethe's name, Johann what is it? Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, please email me, let me know, put leave a review on iTunes because my son will be so happy. I had him coach me on how to say that because he's taking German in college. All right, y'all have a great day and I will talk to you, be with you in your ears next week. Take care. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends.